you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we come to you uh, this morning, uh, just first of all, confessing that we are, we are sinners and we're not worthy to come before you. Um, but Lord, we hold to the grace that, that came from, from Jesus Christ on the cross. And because he is worthy, uh, we come to you not as simply creatures that you have created and left alone, but as adopted sons and daughters of the Almighty God. So, Lord, as we come this morning, as we open your word that we know is living and is breathing, what you are speaking through it to our souls, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Father, I pray that you would set aside any distractions that we, that we would have. And, Lord, that we would just focus on you. Lord, that we would, we would come to you and find our hope to find our peace, to find our rest, and to find the love and the grace that you give to us. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. And if you have a Bible, which I hope you do, go ahead and open that up to Acts 16 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there's some in the back. Y'all can grab those, take it home, that's our gift to you. We're going to be in Acts 16, uh, verses 1 through 15. Um, So Paul went on to Derbe in Lystra, where there there was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. The brothers and sisters at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him. So he took him and circumcised him. And because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem for the people to observe. So the, so the churches were strengthened in faith and the faith, and grew daily in numbers. They went through the region of uh, Phrygia in Galatia. Uh, they had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they came to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samothras, and the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. We, stay, we stayed in the city for several days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river, where we expected to find a place to pray. We sat down and spoke to the, to the women gathered there. A God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Titeria, was listening. The Lord opened her heart, to respond to what Paul was saying. 
After she and her household were baptized, she urged us, if you, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. It's the word of the Lord. Thank you, Hunter. Hunter, our, our student pastor. And I failed to mention this. We need to be praying for him and a couple of our, our students as they get ready to go tomorrow, correct, to the student uh, summer camp. So be gone all week. So we'll be praying for you and the students. But thankful for Hunter's uh, leadership uh, and thankful for the way you pronounced all those words, Hunter. Uh, you did a great job, I have to say. You know, when you're going through Acts, you, you really get this, uh, this uh, geography lesson uh, of the Middle East and parts of Europe because, you know, it's telling you where all Paul, Peter, the disciples went and uh, all these cities. But Acts 16... Uh, and if you've been following us, we have been going through Acts, and we're going to go through all of Acts in this series that we're calling Spirit-Filled, and I, I want us to think about that for just a moment. But we're going through Acts, and Acts 16, many people have called this, or it's considered by some biblical scholars, the crossroads chapter. The cross, because literally, uh, Paul here comes to a crossroads. There, there are two ways to go, and this is a pretty big crossroads if you know your geography, because you go right east into Asia, or you go left west into Europe. And and many scholars have said this, and I've actually thought this too. You know what what would have been like if Paul had gone, if Paul had turned right and gone east moving into Asia. And another interesting thing that some people believe is that Paul thought he was going to go east into Asia because the west was all the Roman Empire and they would face more persecution. But God said, Holy Spirit said, no, go this way. Have you ever been in a situation in your life, and you may be right now, where you face two doors? So maybe it's not a crossroads, but it's like there, there are two options. Which door to take? You may think both doors are closed. God may have something different for you to believe. Maybe you want to go into one door and God says no. Uh, Maybe you keep banging on that door and make an idiot of yourself like I have, like many of us have. And God keeps saying no. Maybe you don't want to go through the door that God opens for you. Um, now, we like to think of ourselves as courageous, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're not going through the door. Maybe it's very clear for you, but you're just like, man, I'm just not, I'm not going there. All through Acts, you may not have seen this, but God is opening and closing doors. All through Acts. Uh, some of those doors are people in relationships. Some of those doors are literal places, like in, uh, in, a, in a country, in a, um, a city. Uh, some of those doors are opportunities. Uh, Some of those doors are gifts to live into. And some of those doors are simply receiving Christ. So today we're we're seeing this crossroads. And I I would hope and I'd pray that you'd be convicted about thinking about the crossroads in your life. About thinking about the places. Maybe it's the past. 
maybe it's today, it certainly will be in the future, uh, about when you have, when you're looking, when you're facing two doors. Again, this could be a person, this could be a relationship, this could be a job, this could be a move, this could be, uh, this could be, you know, the greatest, the greatest decision that you would make in your life, which is receiving Christ. Um, but God gives us doors, he closes some, he opens others. He's always opening doors, and often he's always closing doors. So before we get into this, I do want to, I, I want to say this. I've been, I've been out the last two Sundays, and something that has convicted me, I've thought over and over about, and it ties into all of Acts, all of the Bible, is Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the question I keep coming back to is, does that mean anything for you? And of course, these, of course, yes, yes, it does, it does. I mean, I'm a Christian, I believe that. I want to get past that. I want us to think like, I mean, does it really, does it matter to you? Does it, does it mean anything? Does, does Christianity, if, if you are a believer, and you say, I'm a Christian, you know, I've got that box checked, but if you are, does it, does it matter? Does it, does it mean anything? I guess the point is, are you any different than if you were not a Christian? Are you any different? Um, and it definitely ties to the God opens doors in your life. And, you know, the biggest door, the greatest door that he opens into is life with Christ. So have you walked into that door fully? Are you living in that house? I'm not talking about the mansion that God has prepared for you in heaven that Jesus says. I'm talking about right now. Have you walked into fully your walk with Christ? Or have you just gotten the, uh, you know, the salvation? Like, yes, I believe that. No, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it should matter. It should have great meaning, and we should be different. And I say all this because I also think this chapter, which is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, and so we'll preach it, be preaching at least worship is about belief. Like, do you believe or not? But, but here we see many, many ways about how that belief is lived out. Like, practically, how it, how it matters in the day-to-day. How it might change you. And I wanna, I'm going to keep going back to this. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you believe that, C.S. Lewis said this and many others. Then it should change everything. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. So therefore, you know, all the other things that we make to be the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says are not. It is a, is a hugely bold claim that he is making on your life. So... That being said, like, how is it different? How does it matter? What, is it, what does it look like? Well, we see this here. We see it in Paul. We'll see it in Lydia in just a moment. And we'll see it in some other people next week. Uh, but first off, Paul, what, how that statement matters, how that belief matters, how your faith matters, how Christianity matters. The first thing is, is verses 1 through 5. Because this is Paul's journey. And he goes to this place. And he meets a disciple named Timothy, and it says people in uh, two towns spoke highly of him. And so Paul wants to take this guy, this kid, this young man, under his wing uh, and, and mentor him and invest in him 
and train him and, and guide him and love on him and just help him grow. So practically speaking, this is a big aspect of how that faith that you may claim to believe matters. And my point is, who are you investing in? If you claim Christ, who are you investing in like that? Maybe it is a son, if you have a son, or a daughter, if you have a daughter, or a brother, or a sister, or a friend, or, or someone that you have similar gifts to, like if you can sing, or in worship, or in, in ministry, or teaching, or if it's a job, you're in business, or real estate, and you claim, I keep coming, if you claim Christ, if you claim, I believe, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, then who are you investing in? Because you see this over and over again in Scripture, That disciples disciple others. And so if you're not discipling someone, and that's a real churchy word, sometimes we have to get past that. But if you're not investing in anyone uh, for Christ, then you're not going through that very open door, the many open doors that God is providing you throughout your life to invest in. And he didn't know this, but the reason I I wanted to ask Hunter uh, to read this passage is that many have been investing in him as he's begun his ministry over the last couple years. Um, Not that you knew I was going to highlight you, but seeing him grow over the last couple years. He's not going to turn red because he's so tan. But anyway, you know, (laughs) he is. I'm guilty of the sin of envy there. (laughs) Anyway, but uh, he's grown the last two years, and you're going to be seeing him more and hearing him more and giving other opportunities. That's great. You know, and that's one, like, it's a formal example. He has uh, a job, but he also has a call, and he invests in others too that we've seen. But, you know, using him as an example for you all, I mean, it, it is biblical, and this is very clear that um, Paul invests in others. And I would, I would just ask you, and it's easy, I say this because it's easy to say, well, I'm not Paul, or I'm not Peter, or I'm not like pastor guy, or I'm not missionary guy. Or I'm not, but you're a Christian guy or girl, okay? So it's a Christian thing to be doing life together, pouring into one another. That's why it's so important, not just to like come to worship. And, you know, this is probably the most formal thing that we do. And we try to make it as informal as possible. But it can be really, really tough to do that because like we're so programmed for church. Like, you know, well, you know. But informally, like the lunches or the coffees or the small groups that we have or the gatherings... We have to pour into one another. We have to. It is, it is biblical. But past that, it's like practical, like we need that for life. And so I, I encourage you, I implore you, walk through those doors. And, and the easiest one may be family members, okay? Or the easiest ones may be best friends. But there are others God is placing in your path uh, to invest in. And so my challenge to you is, who are you investing in? Are you investing in anyone in this church family? If you call this your church family. Past this church family, are you investing in anyone? I, I stress this. The whole, the whole reason for being of this church is raising leaders. You see it on that, what's that called out there? Truck? Trailer. That's it. Trailer. Dump truck. D- trailer, yeah. Whatever we store stuff in that we set up and take down. Raising leaders. We kind of change that tweak that we say raising unlikely leaders now. So that's one thing. Moving on. I think it's key because here you reach this crossroads point with, with Paul. And it's just, it's interesting. It says the Holy Spirit, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Forbidden. And it was like, don't go that way in Asia. 
And then even they wanted to go to this town, and it says the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So can you, can you imagine, like, and, and some of you who I think have grown in your discernment uh, know Paul's feeling. It may not be a, like a, you know, world traveler thing, but when you're like, well, I thought I was supposed to go here. I was supposed to take this job. I thought I was supposed to be part of this ministry. I thought I was supposed to do this. And somehow God says no. God does say no. Sometimes we may not receive that no. Sometimes no is the greatest word in the English language or any language. But God opens this other door. And he opens it also in that they have a vision of a man who's a human being, who's loved by God, who is in need and says, you know, come to Macedonia and help us. Macedonia is, was in Europe then, is in Europe now. And so after they saw that vision, they immediately set out. And it says, believing, verse 10, God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And I'm going to go back to that question. If you believe, hey, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, what does it look like? How does it matter? Like, how does it practically help you day to day? Well, we talked about investing in other people, but it also should mean that you are discerning. That you have some level of relationship with the Lord. That you are making some time out with the Lord. And this is the, look, this, this part of the, the message or, or the practical advice is, is the biggest cop out that, that we can have. Because I know I've done it. It's like, well, I just don't have time. Okay. I don't have time to spend time with the Lord who I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, but I just don't have time for the Lord that he would direct my steps into going through this door or not going through that door. And what would be most important for our life is to know what door to go through, whether it's a person, a job, a relationship, a city, a place. And if we're not carving out that time to hear from the Lord, to see those visions, and I do believe those visions, uh, whether it's literally like here or maybe it's psychologically in our mind, are very, very possible. If we're not carving out that time, if we're not making that time, let's, let's even give ourselves an easy way out and even say not even daily, but like weekly, okay? Like once a week, have some time with the Lord. We're going to be lost. I mean, you got heaven, okay? You're saved, but like in life, lost. And I've seen this so often in ministry. And it, I've seen it so often at Bellwether Church, unfortunately. I've seen it so often in family, people I love. Like I know, well, can't say, you know, only God sees the heart. But I think, okay, I think they have heaven. But like just lost in life and not making time and still have the wrong priorities and not being discerning and just, you know, stepping on landmine after landmine after landmine, Okay. So I say, you know, how, you know, how does it matter what should look like? It's taking some time to hear from the Lord. And if you believe that, that statement, the way, the truth, and the life statement, then you should believe that the Spirit of Jesus will speak to you, talk to you. And I just can't uh, encourage, implore you enough again, carving out time, hearing from the Lord. What doors are closed? What doors are opened? And going through one door may lead to ten other doors, and so on and so on. But I don't know the doors of all your life, but I do know that as we talked about, and and I was singing, you know, he's a good, good father. It's who you are. And believing that. I mean, I was thinking to myself as I was singing, thinking about it, you know, just not knowing the doors of my life, not 
but knowing that he's a good, good father and spending time with him. Got to do it. And for Paul here, the Lord led them to Macedonia and they believed, I love verse 10, it says, they concluded that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So going back to how that statement changes us, way, truth, and life statement that Jesus is. How it changes us that we should always be ready to preach the gospel. Now, you will say, hey man, I thought I told you. You may not be listening. I ain't no preacher guy, okay? I'm not Peter. I'm not Paul. Well, what's interesting about this passage, one of the reasons I love it is this verse says, well, they concluded that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And they don't go to a church. He, Paul preaches a lot of sermons in Acts. He does not preach one here, okay? Uh, it's not a big group. It's not a big gathering. It's not hundreds. It's not probably even ten. It is a small group, a small group of women. God love them that were in prayer. And that's who God leads Paul and his group to. You would think like they see this great vision and like, yes, we're going to conquer Europe and take Europe. And that did happen with the church and Christianity. But it was such small steps. Lydia here, uh, known as the first convert uh, in Europe. Uh, Europe eventually, Roman Empire went down, Christianity uh, grew. Uh, you could argue that it's regrowing there now as it has declined and moved elsewhere in the world. But here is the beginning. And so always being ready. Again, keep going back. If you believe, if you believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then be prepared to communicate that to others who need that. And you're like, well, how do I do that? I mean, I'm not called to be a preacher. Well, here is, again, it's a small group. Small group of ladies having a prayer time. And that's where God led them. So let me, let me make it more real to you. I mean, do you, have, do you have a heart for others to know the gospel? Do you have a heart for others who are, let me use this word again, lost? Lost. Let me try to bring it home to you. Uh, there was someone in my life recently. I didn't know very well, okay? But someone who I had access to and could speak into their life. And this person uh, recently died, okay? And for me, I, I'm not sure where this person's heart was or where this person, uh, if they believed in that statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And yet I had a relationship with this person and maybe could have pressed a little bit more. And I do believe, I, I believe all Christians will stand before the Lord and give an account for your life. And so here I am, the, the conviction was before they are a life, a human body, and that's true, and all of you are, you're also a soul. A soul. And your soul is eternal. Now, the Bible says your bodies, our bodies will be eternal too, that when Jesus comes again. But I'm not focused on that now. I'm talking about the soul. And I'm talking about that, you know, Age-old, very biblical, when the bodies die, where do the souls go? And so I'm asking you and encouraging you and imploring you, again, to think about souls. To think about eternal souls. To think about the doors that God gives you that are open. And do you speak and preach to them? And often the preaching does not need words, okay? It is how you live your life. 
But it is also words too. And being ready to share. And having a conviction that is also very immediate. That we do not know the time or the days that we have. Some of us may be very old who look very young in God's eyes. Some of us may look very old, but in God's eyes may, may be very young. I know we hope we're in that category, right? But, you know, God only knows. But here, there is this readiness. Wherever God leads, it could be at a city center, it could be preaching, or it could be talking by a, by a river stream or right there. I have a, I do have, God's given me a, something that keeps me up at night are, are people. And uh, my wife and I just were, we were out of town and we were visiting several friends who uh, were, not a lot, but a handful, who were not Christians. And, I mean, they would say they're not Christians and that we knew, hadn't seen in years and um, fortunate enough to visit them. But one thing that keeps me up at night is like their lives, their souls. And, yeah, where they, where they would end up. And, yeah, am I doing enough? Uh, and, yeah, how do, I, how do I communicate with them? So I've intentionally tried to stay in touch with them since we left. But just with, yes, with acts of kindness and words of kindness and being there and saying, I would pray for you. And trusting that the Lord would open their heart. And why do I say that? Because that's what happens here. It's not Paul's deal. It's not Timothy's deal. Uh, nor previously as we looked at in Acts, is it Peter's deal, is it others' deal? Who opens Lydia's heart? Verse 14, the Lord opens her heart. And so all the salvations that happen, yours, mine, all of them, our hearts were opened by God. And we have to trust, and there is this, there is this great victory of salvation, but there's also a mystery of salvation that we need to Prepare the field, and God brings the rain. I've heard preachers say that over again. God brings the flood. God opens the heart. We prepare the church. We prepare the worship. We prepare the community. We encourage the community to live their faith, speak their faith. But the supernatural mystery of salvation happens that God opens a person's heart in his time. But that, does not, that should not dampen our passion or interest. It certainly doesn't mind, because I know a lot of, and use this word again, a lot of lost souls. And so therefore I reach out. And I love with words, and I love with actions, trusting that the Lord will do a work in His time. And maybe He'll use me, or maybe He won't. Maybe He'll use you, or maybe He won't. But if He's this perfect Father, and He knows it, we're to do exactly what Paul did. He opened a door, they went. They preached the gospel. They did it, it I, I imagine this as like on a one-to-one level, as a conversation level, and God opened the heart. And God opened the heart. So another thing to, to practically live out that way, truth, and life statement is trusting God's at work. Do, do you even do that? Do we even do that? Do we trust, hey, God closes doors, God opens doors. I'm going to go through the door God opens. I'm going to share, I'm going to speak. Have a burden. There are people that are lost. There are people that heaven and hell is real. And there are two places. And you don't have time or an opportunity to choose that at that crossroads, okay? We do have this time of life. And so it is 
convicting to me about whether you believe that, the way, the truth, and the life that Jesus stated. And also, if you do believe it, that somehow, and this is up to us too, that we help talk about ways to share that. That would allow the field to be to be prepared for God to do his work. And then the last thing, you know, again, I'm talking about practically living out that belief of your faith is to receive. You know, what do you mean by that? Well, look at this. Lydia was saved. New convert, new Christian, new believer. And yet, she says, hey, if you consider me a believer, last verse we read, in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And then it says, she persuaded us. I say that because sometimes maybe new Christians, new believers, new friends, new people of faith, new people we get to know in church can lead us and guide us or persuade us, okay? And we can receive that. And maybe we're open to God working in new and different ways through new people, through Christians who are young in their faith. I love this and I highlight this because Paul has every opportunity to be like high and mighty here and be like, no, I know best and and thank you, young girl and young Christian in your faith, but, you know, we're going this way and we're going to do our thing. But it says, Lydia, somehow it persuaded them to just stay at their house. And so there was this openness of heart and spirit and a humility, let me add that word, and a willingness to say like, you know, yeah, God's talking through her and and I think, that's a, I think that's a big, big deal if you say, hey, I believe this, the way, the truth, and life. Then, then open to being teachable by others. Teachable who might be younger in their faith walk than you are. Uh, you know, Jesus said, you know, those who enter the kingdom, you know, it's like, like a child. You know, and children have this open spirit uh, and this gentleness and this, this tenderness and this, this willingness uh, to learn and, and go and grow. And I believe that we see that here. So, you know, what we're trying to, or what I'm trying to do, is help you to think past the belief, which is is very, very vital, okay? But the belief should lead to action. Should lead to action. And sometimes we generalize that by, like, serving others and loving others, and yes, that's true. But Acts also shows us, like, practically, like, how that can be lived out. And so, you know... I want to I ask you again, like, if you say you believe it. And we live, look, we live in the culture, and I, I know this because I did it for years, of fence straddlers, okay? Straddling the fence. I'm not going to try to demonstrate physically, okay, with you here. But fence straddlers, well, you know, I got one foot in, but one foot, you know, over here. And we really don't look that, and I'm not just talking about us as a church, but I'm talking about, we don't look that different, like, Sometimes from the rest of the world, rest side. And yet we say, hey, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm trying to move us past that. Uh, you know, because we, uh, my family, my wife and I, we visited contexts where it's, you ain't got to straddle no fence, okay? It's both feet, you know, well over here, like, you know, what's the point? You know? I mean, yeah, some type of God, higher power, but, but we live in a place where we are rewarded. We can be highly rewarded sometimes. For the state, you know, saying, hey, I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we have to ask ourselves two questions. One, am I living that out? And the second, do I really believe that? The second question is more important 
because that is the salvation. And I pray that God opens your heart uh, today if you don't know about that second question. But then if, you've got, if you're like, man, I'm, I'm pat, I'm, I'm good on the second question, then the first question, you know, am I living that out? And so the church is established to, like, help us together live it out, uh, investing in lives, as, as many of you do, and we all could do more. Having time to hear from the Lord. What doors are open? What doors is he closing? Uh, being ready to communicate. Having, having just even a thought process that there are lost souls out there. There are lost souls here every Sunday. And not only you know, could, could I or Hunter or, or someone else make an impact, but you in, in the greeting, in the visiting, in the singing, as an example of the uh, being teachable, of the coming to church. Yes, uh, it is summer, and yes, everybody deserves Sundays off, but it is, it is vital. Somebody told me this, a member, uh, God love, I'm not going to say her, him, but God love this person. And this person was like, this was a couple weeks ago, so, I just want you to call me every Sunday morning and say, get your, to church, okay? Get yourself to church, right? Get yourself to church. Hadn't yet. I was like, are you serious? Like, yes, I just need you to call me. Just call me and say, get yourself to church. So, I think often we're like, uh, you know, I got it. Oh, I believe, you know, way, the truth, life. And people need you. People need this church. People need the body of Christ. And so, yes, even, even your presence, I mean, most of life is just showing up. But going to, you know, the most important thing and closing on this, I mean, I'd love for you to just think about five seconds, five minutes, over the course of a week, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if I believe it, like what, what does that mean for my life? Am I living into that? If I'm really not, then taking sides of like, okay, thinking about it like, do I believe it? The reason I do what I do is not just like to be a preacher or a pastor or to help minister to a church body. The reason I do what I do is because I believe that statement, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, is, is the best way to walk through this life that we have on earth in this time and this season. And I've spent time and, and years considering other ways and other truths and other lives. And I've come down on that. So my desire for you and what I encourage and implore you is to believe that, and that can happen at any moment, and the Lord can open your heart at any moment, but to really believe it. And so my prayer is that the Lord opens more and more hearts here, and then that, that even after that point, our hearts are open and like, I want to walk into that, and that we walk together and, and live that out in our time and our season until the Lord calls us home. Amen? Amen? It is, uh, it is a big, big deal. And you have an opportunity to respond and we always want to give this opportunity to respond in taking communion together. So I'm going to ask if those who are helping communion would come on up right now. I'm going to ask those who are helping lead us in worship as we take communion to come on up right now. And I say this is an opportunity because it is a belief. It is a belief and an action. And the belief is that Jesus gave all he had so that we could have, we could have all that God wants to give us which is life. He gave his, his own life.
body was sacrificed, his blood was spilt. Not only did he command us to do this, this is the opportunity that we can receive him. Receive the bread, dip it in the cup, and say, yes, I believe that. And reflect on how we live that out. Uh, this is meant to be for Christians, okay? So if you, if you don't believe that statement, you know, then I would actually encourage you not to take communion. That's not my opinion. That's what the Bible says. This is supposed to be for Christians uh, to reflect on what God has done. However, the Lord can open your heart at any moment. So this is also a time for response that you say, I do believe that. And we would love to open the table up uh, for all for that moment of response. But if you're like, you know, I just don't know, and, or, you know, I don't believe that at all, then this is, this is the time for the family of Christ. We welcome all. I pray that your hearts would be opened by the Lord. And let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for your spirit being here. I just pray that we're more spirit-filled. I pray that we're more spirit-led. I pray that we would, we would think about if we do believe that that belief and how we have lived it out. How we've not lived it out. How we can live it out. And I pray that you would open hearts here each and every Sunday. I pray that you would open hearts to see that they can be used for you. To prepare the field for your harvest. And I pray that you give us a burden and a passion for those who are, as your word uh, says, that are, that are lost. That are lost both in life and maybe they're Christians or they're lost eternally right now. And that we have a burden and a passion that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we want to see people come to know that and live it out. In Jesus' name, amen.